So these layers, these layers are the things that, these layers are the aspects that make us feel like we're broken from the start, but we're not broken. We just have accrued karma, accrued aspects, accrued layers that leave us in illusion. So it's about moving through that illusion. How do we move through it? Well, love. Death is a should be seen in my in my opinion as a beautiful celebration for the transformation that it is. So this now removes that fear of death, that judgment, and that God keeping score, because God is unconditional love, and no score is needed. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within, so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful, magical, mystical beings to the Cosmic Love Antenna. This is your weekly installment of your inner connection to your outer expression, where I, your host, Harrison, set the loving intention to nurture the space needed to pull back the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. And today, you found yourself on another solo episode. If you can hear the excitement slash nerves in my voice today's episode is going to get deep but before i get into it a reminder that this show today this format as always is me here by myself really setting the intention to give you more value more precise actionable compassionate value on a topic that i think is needed for your beautiful healing journey i would highly encourage you share this out with any friends, any family members, any lovers that you think can get value out of this. If you have any comments, any feedback, any feelings on this, reach out to me. You can also do that in reviews and comments on Apple and Spotify. That also helps the show expand and help me reach more people in need. I'd also recommend you go check out the Cosmic Love Antenna Facebook group if you're not a part of it already. It's really kicking off at the moment because I'm doing weekly weekly chats on these episodes, right? So within the community, you can engage with me, ask questions and go deeper if you feel needed. So what are we talking about today? (laughs) We're getting into all things, accepting and healing religious trauma. You know, just a very casual conversation. We're going to talk about today, I'm going to talk about today, the main problems and roots of religious trauma from my experience from connecting to angels and entities, to unworthiness, to sacrificing yourself, to being broken beings, Satan and the devil, inner child trauma, and of course, solutions to these. Before I go deeper into it, I do want to quickly read, a, as I always do here on these solo shows, solo episodes, a beautiful loving review from the community, from you. Because again, remember, that's how you can add your love to this show. And I always love acknowledging and recognizing and being grateful for you for doing so. So this review is from CTRTDE. And this person says, the Cosmic Love Antenna is a powerful spiritual journey of advanced insight into the realm of greater understanding of the power of love. Harrison balances his deep wisdom with down-to-earth practical examples and methods to help the living and the dead. You can feel his compassion and his love for humanity. 
You can feel his sense of divine spiritual purpose as he seeks to continually provide meaningful help for the living and the dead. Working with him on this show was a privilege and an honor. And I highly recommend this conversation and this amazing host and the help that he provides. Thank you, my friend. I have a feeling, I think this is from the beautiful Tina. Tina was a past guest and I appreciate the beautiful love, my friend, and it hits my heart. All right. So with that now, I want to get into this chat, this deep dive. And if you can feel, like I said at the start, the nerves and the and the love and the excitement and the mixture of many things, it's because that this is a very important conversation. It's very both serious and also there's a lot of compassion, a lot of love here, which we'll get into. And before I go deeper, I want to set my intentions for this, for this conversation to be very clear because this conversation will be triggering for a lot of you. And I want it to be with love right? because we cannot heal that which is unconscious. So my intention here is to alchemize and transmute fear consciousness. I'm here to share my views, my beliefs, my experiences with love with you. I'm here to illuminate the shadows that might be unconscious to help you heal. I'm not here to judge, and I'm only here to add compassion and deeper understanding. I encourage you to listen to what I'm about to share with an open heart and an open mind. I am not here to break down and dismantle any religious ideologies. I actually, in fact, as I've said many times on this show, believe that there are beautiful, loving, mystical parts of every single religious ideology that exists, in my opinion. Right? The example that I like to give with this is look at the poet, the mystic that is Rumi. Right? He's within the, the Sufi sect of the Islamic religious worldview. And there are examples of these beautiful, mystical lovers, I would call them, in all religious belief systems. So it's not the systems themselves in this case. It's not the ideologies themselves, in my opinion. It is the man-made ego aspects on top of them that are creating this fear, consciousness, and separation. And my role here today is to break through this fear separation with love, compassion, and understanding. And I hope that comes through to your heart. I would recommend you go listen to my other episode that I did connected to this topic on why you are not separate to God. That was episode 65. And I will put that in the show notes just so you can click the link and go straight to it. And it'll give, it'll be a nice additive to what I'm going to discuss today. Very some similar themes and some new themes, but it connects together. How I'm going to do this now is I'm going to actually speak about the problems, the traumas from what I've seen with working with people and also in my own personal journey and experience in relation to religious trauma and pain. And then I'm going to end the episode with, I've, I've titled it here in my notes, the actual reality, the healing, right? the solutions to these pains, to these traumas. Okay, so drop into your hearts with me. 
and let's go on a beautiful journey here today. So the first problem, the first religious trauma, aspect of religious trauma that I've experienced and I've noticed is our relationship to entities. Our relationship to what I mean by entities is that loving entities like angels or ascended masters or ancestors within religious views, views and religious systems, ideologies. There is a almost inherent, I'm not good enough to connect to these entities, these angels, these ancestors, these masters. I need approval. I need to tick a box before I'm worthy to connect to these angels, masters, and ancestors. They almost sit on a pedestal that we have to, you know, and the image I get in my in my, in my third eye is we're bowing down to them to, to have the right to speak to them, to have the right to ask for love, to have the right to ask for assistance and support and compassion and kindness. I actually have a, my own experience with this is, I've had experiences with angels and ascended masters, but my actual story that I want to share here is through my higher self. And I've shared on this show before that I'm on my own journey. I'm in a mystery school at the moment. Part of my mystery school is connecting to my higher self. And I have had this same, I've noticed through my own religious upbringing, my connection to my higher self has had this same background of unworthiness the same background of needing approval, the same background of not good enough to connect to the higher self. I need to do something to be able to warrant communication and the channeling of that higher self through me. And there's been so much resistance and, again, unworthiness there. And I would ask you, beautiful soul listening, where is this unworthiness for you in relation to any entities outside of you? Or even, you know, in relation to my higher self, that's an internal entity, but internal and external entities. Where is this unworthiness? Where is this pedestal? Where is this needing approval? And I'm going to give a solution later, but test it. Is that actually true? Is that the reality? Right? Because there are many beautiful guides and angels and ascended masters and, again, entities within religious systems that unfortunately there is a lot of this misconception in my opinion around our ability to communicate with them and receive from them so that's the first problem first challenge first trauma that you may have been you may have experienced i know i have the next one here and these are these are going to progressively get a lot deeper so stick with me the next one here is unworthiness i've written it down as unworthiness of divinity being separate to god and having to sacrifice ourselves to be worthy to to receive from god to communicate to god it's often talked to, talked about in the religious slash spiritual communities the chopping wood and carrying water we must chop the wood and carry the water to to rep to to flex those muscles to then be worthy 
of divinity. Until then, until we, ha- until we chop the wood and carry the water, we have to continue to sacrifice ourselves in that way or in others to feel the worthiness of divinity. This sacrifice shows up in many ways, shows up in putting others before ourselves, shows up in our self-love journey. I cannot love myself. I cannot put myself first. I cannot put my needs, my desires, my inherent deservability, if that's a word, (laughs) because I need to sacrifice myself to other people first. I need to put my family, my friends, the people I'm healing first, sacrifice. Because if I'm not doing that, then how am I ever going to be worthy of divinity? How am I ever going to connect to God? Everyone else comes before me because that is the the religious act, the religious act and path to the power of divinity, God, Jesus, whoever the whoever the religious idol is, insert within your specific belief system. I saw this in my own journey through my teens and through my my adult relationships i was abused as a as a teen and i won't get too much into that story now but because of that abuse i there was a lot of externalization and looking and seeking and putting other people above me to seek the validation to seek the love to seek the worthiness the power, the divinity that I was looking for. And and until I did that, I could never think of my own needs. I could never think of my own self-love. I could never think of my own internal space of power and spirit. Many adult relationships that I had, I was always prioritizing the other person and seeing them seeing the amount of those relationships as a as a number that then added to my value if i put these people first and did these x amount of things for them then i was worthy then i'd sacrificed myself enough and i could get back to my divinity my godliness Right, and part of that was in that my abuse, and part of that was just through the choices I was making. So I'm wondering if you're listening to this, if you can relate in any way. This idea of innate unworthiness from the religious system that I grew up in, and then the separation and thus sacrifice that I felt I needed to dive into and embody. Next up here is being innately broken beings from the start. We are fallible. We are, we are fallen beings. And from the very start, we must prove ourselves. We are, I've got it written here as 
we come in as fallen angels needing salvation from something outside of us. Right, this connects to the unworthiness, but this is more specific here. We come in needing salvation. Come in as the beautiful little inner child, that beautiful little being, but then straight away, we need to be saved. We need to do the, do the things to come back to meet God. Right, this is, there are many elements here, and again, I'm going to give I'm going to give solutions to this later, what the actuality is, in my opinion. But you can see how this stacks up, especially if you take into account past lives here, being broken beings. And whenever we tap into our divinity too early within that brokenness, we are seen as the other. We are seen as evil. We are seen as bad. We are seen as a witch, or we are seen as the devil, or we are seen as something that is needs to be pushed away. If you're listening to this show, maybe you've had experiences of this in your past lives. I know I've had experience with this in regards to the witch trials and being persecuted for tapping into your spiritual gifts from the start without healing the brokenness of what you are, right? Without recognizing the fallen angel that you are, right? I'm using my fingers here. You can't see me. And, but tapping into that spiritual, the spiritual gifts, and then people, usually religious people, religious sex, religious systems, seeing that power move through you, then being triggered by that, but then forcing that pain onto you, ostracizing you, burning you at the stake in the case of the witch trials or in the case of Atlantis. And I've, I have this in my past life history, you know, causing the fall, causing the fall because you started igniting your clear senses or your spiritual abilities. But that was seen as, as too much divinity, too much spiritual power. How could you have that spiritual power if you were also a fallen angel, broken from the start through that religious belief system? How can you be broken and also powerful at the same time? It's quite a paradox. It's because it's not. A, it's because it's not real. <laughs> but I'll, I'll get that. I'll get to that later. But I know I've experienced this. I just want to make this clear. This is what I've experienced in my past lives, and I would ask you: Where is this in your system? Where is this within, you know, it doesn't have to even be the witch trials of Atlantis or Atlantis. It can be, you know, just throughout Europe, many European persecutions of spiritual beings coming up against religious systems where spiritual beings were from a very early age igniting their powers. But then through the, through the, through the eyes of the religious ideologies, seen that being seen as wrong, that being seen as too much internal divinity. Feel into this, because if this is resonating, there might be some past ancestral, past life truth coming up to be seen. And I want, to, want you to continue doing this as I go here into the next couple of roots and, and pains of religious trauma. If you're feeling emotional at this point, just accept and breathe through it. Bring your love to it because that in itself will help you heal. Next up is another root cause and trauma here. And just to be clear, 
the fact that we're bringing awareness to this, the fact that you can bring awareness to these that might exist in your story, that in itself is healing, just so you know, which is why I said it a moment ago. Right, The fact that we're highlighting them and that this is resonating, you bringing conscious awareness to these unconscious elements in itself is healing. Remember, the act of observation is an act of creation onto itself. Creation of what? Creation of a new timeline in which you break free of these systems, these beliefs. So the next one, the next trauma root here within religious trauma is God is keeping score and a fear of death and judgment. God is keeping score and a fear of death and judgment. Again, connected to not good enough, needing to prove oneself. Noticing a trend here, but specifically now connecting to going to hell, going to a a space at death where we are judged for our choices throughout our life, and then based off those choices, based off the core that the score that was kept, we are now be we are now doomed and condemned to an eternity of suffering and pain. And, 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 and trauma. So even as I say these words, right, my hands are shaking because I feel this one deeply inside of me. How many of you can relate to this, to this view, to this story, to this belief? Needing to repent or else. Death is looming and this is the end. This is the end for your soul, for your spirit, because of the choices you have made. You can see how that reverberates throughout your life, right? And there's this constant fear of making mistakes, constant fear of doing the wrong thing, constant fear of not being, again, good enough in the eyes of this divinity that, again, is seemingly outside of you on, the, on a cloud keeping score. I know within my childhood, and even now, but specifically, you know, it originated in my childhood. This has stopped me from taking risks. This has stopped me from expanding. This has stopped me from surrendering because I've worried unconsciously of this score that's being kept. It was mimicked through my education system. It's mimicked now through my business. I feel it, right? I feel it whenever a perceived mistake has been made, there is an inherent unworthiness that moves through me of a not good enough. Right, I had a beautiful experience yesterday in a, in a breathwork practice, and some of you listening, you joined me as a part of this tribe, and part of my experience within that breathwork, it's probably another story for another time, but I'll just share an aspect here. A big lesson that came up for me was actually surrendering through this fear, surrendering through this fear of judgment and control. Right, and really realizing that it is through that surrender and that letting go that you can see the illusion of this, this illusion of this score that's being kept, this illusion of this fear of even death. But I'll get back to that in our solutions. But I just want to make this point clear. How, how many of you are holding on to this system, this belief of someone keeping score, a divinity that's outside of you keeping score? Finally here, the next group of root traumas within the religious, within this religious conversation is 
connected to inner child trauma, right? And many of what I've spoken about, the examples I've connected, all of these can happen in in childhood. So everything I've been talking, I've talked about can be inner child trauma. But what I'm specifically talking about here within this example is all of these all of these systems, all of these beliefs, all of these thoughts, whether it be unworthiness, whether it be a sacrifice, whether it be God keeping score, whether it be fear of death, whether it be our our relationships to not being worthy of entities and angels, if this is taught to us as children, it is embedded. It is embedded in us, as most of you listening would know. Right? This is why inner child healing can be so powerful, but I just make this connection for you that is at these early age ages where we are so programmable, if we've grown up like I did in a religious school, religious culture, and from those early zero to seven years, that unworthiness, that, that, that not good enough, that sacrifice, that fear of death, that, that relationship to entities, it's, it's going deep into us, into our subconscious and unconscious. So we're making choices from this space, making choices from this programming. Another piece of this inner child trauma is really looking at our sexual organs. Our, as a child, if you've heard me speak about inner child before, you know that one of the core inner child needs is sexual pleasure, sexual discovery. I'll get I'll get to that in a bit with this with the solutions here. But the the negative side to this is most of these religious systems teach that religious sexual pleasure is evil, right? That it's that it's something that is shamed and guilted around. Look at the example of male circumcision, and that's probably a whole other show for another time. But the act of male circumcision. From for most men, what does it do? It makes the sexual act less sensitive, makes the sexual act less emotional and pleasurable. Right? What look at the act of touching oneself and sexual expansion? How is that viewed within these religious ideologies and these religious worldviews? It is it is viewed as bad, evil the devil and ask yourself what is the real reality here which i'll talk about later but just to contrast it with it's, it is through our sexual expansion and pleasure that we get to connect to our beautiful emotions in many ways so you can see how this is also impacting our emotional being right this connects to my story growing up as a little boy, trying to find his voice and find his connection, not just to his sexual being, but his emotional being in general, based off my religious culture and school and community and friends. Whenever I connected into my emotional sensitivities, I felt like it was wrong and not enough. I felt like it was shameful. Whenever I then moving into my adolescence, connected my emotional, feminine, sensitive being to my sexual pleasure. I also felt like it wasn't enough. Like it's, it should be pushed away and forced away, which is inevitably what I did. 
pushing away my voice and how I expressed my feminine energy through my voice, pushing away the sexual feminine through my sexual acts, only doing the masculine side, right? The forcing, the pushing, the, the, the quickness, the fastness, rather than the feeling, the sense of the being, the receiving. So my inner child through this religious programming expressed itself through this sexual disconnection, this pleasurable disconnection, this emotional and sensitive disconnection. So how many of you can relate to this? How many of you, male or female, can connect to this divine feminine, this sexual, this emotional suppression due to the religious structure and views? And, if, and again, just highlighting this, if this happened in childhood, it then plays out in our adult relationships, our adult physical body, our adult sacral expansion. That's really where I'm going to pause it now. And I'm going to take a moment just to reflect here and allow you to feel and express some of this as I go into some healing now, go into some, go to the, I've written this down as the actual reality, the actual reality and what I've come to experience. And I want to remind you again, if you're listening to this, none of this, in my opinion, is actually the foundation of what the religions are. I actually think all of this is the man-made, the ego aspects added on top of the beautiful religious, mystical foundations of all these religious ideologies. So again, just a reminder, this is not me saying that these religions need to go away. I just want to shine a light on these aspects that exist within them that need to be transmuted, the fear within them, within all of these pieces that I've mentioned thus far that need to be alchemized back into love and then take that back into the system. Right, and it might mean for you as the individual that you need to take a break from the system at large. Beautiful. But I do want to open the path for you that maybe you can go back as the light and the example of what it looks like. Right, I, just, I always use the example, as I said at the start, of the, of the Rumi. How can you be the Rumi, the Sufi mystic within the Islamic ideology for the system that you're a part of? Now, let's go into some healing here. The, the, the love, the compassion to, this, to these points. So the first one was, again, coming back to the relationship to the entities, the angels, the masters, and the ancestors. In reality, you've never needed to prove yourself to them. You've never needed to be worthy of them. They've always loved you and you've always had nothing to prove. Whether it's an angel, whether it's an ascended master, whether it's an ancestor, whether it's whatever the loving entity within the system is, they love you unconditionally. Right? And if they come to you or you wish to connect to them, all that is needed is for you to open your heart and ask and connect. In the case of angels, because I think that is the most common example here within all of the systems, it's a matter of, because they angels, in my experience, they speak through the heart, they connect to the heart. So it's an opening up of the barriers and layers that are on top of the heart 
to connect you deeper, to receive the love. It's often your own stories, beliefs, such as the ones we've talked about thus far, that are blocking the receiving. So if you can just remove them, then you can receive what you deserve. Another thing to see here around these entities is not only do you deserve that you are innately worthy of them and you have nothing to prove, the relationship in most cases goes both ways. What do I mean by this? Is that many of these loving entities also need your power, also need your help, also need your love. I give the I gave the example before of me connecting to my higher self and me putting my higher self on a pedestal and not feeling worthy of it. The thing that helped me flip that around is realizing that while my higher self has gifts and powers and insights to share with me, that higher self also has karma, also has shadows, that my light aspects can help him heal, help him transmute, help him transform. So this is what helps us take these ancestors, these entities, these angels, these masters off a pedestal and realize that our light can also help their shadows. And if we open up to this balanced relationship and communication with them, then we can see that. We can receive from them and we can give to them. It's so beautiful. It's such a powerful recognition. And of course it would be that way. So it's just that acceptance and the realization of that that can help you go much deeper. Another example of this is look at, let's say there's an ancestor within your religious system that you're looking to connect to. Yes, that ancestor might have guidance and tools from their lifetime that they're bringing you that you need help with, that you're asking for, that you're worthy of. But they also, if you've heard me speak about ancestral healing, they also probably have karma and unresolved pain that you now, as the most important ancestor in your family line, because you're in the present, you now have the power to help them break. That's why they're active when you're moving through pain because they're there to receive the healing that you lean into so they can heal. So it goes both ways. Next up is the unworthiness, right? The unworthiness of divinity, the separation and the sacrifice that we talked about. Something to help you transmute this is God Let's use that God word for a second. God, in my perspective, my experience from everything that I've come to realize, God is either nothing or God is everything. Say that again. God is either nothing or everything. I tend to fall to the latter, (laughs) the everything. And if we take this and apply this to the unworthiness, the separation, the sacrifice, you can see that if God is everything, there is no separation. If God is everything, what am I sacrificing myself towards? If God is everything, God is everything that's outside of me and it is me. So I'm sacrificing myself to me. That is a bit paradoxical, correct? The other piece to this around the sacrifice is realizing that when we put ourselves first, 
So when we don't sacrifice ourselves to anything outside of ourselves, when we put ourselves first, that is us loving other people. That is us putting other people first. Because when we take time to love on ourselves in any way, what does that do? Right, That fills us up. That fills up the proverbial love cup. And with that full cup, what can we now do? We can now step out into the world as the loving light that we are to illuminate the shadows of the people that need it. So in the act of self-love, we are being selfless to the world that needs it. It's often the, it's the affirmation that I share, the I before we and the we before all. It is in that order that we are powerful. Going back to the unworthiness within this, we are worthy already. There is an infinite field of potential, power, divinity inside of us. And it's not about looking outside us, outside of us for something to sacrifice ourselves for to then get the thing. Right? I'll be happy when, I'll be worthy when. It's about connecting into my innate worthiness that exists already and then embodying that and exporting it into the outside collective for the highest evolution of all. That's what it's about. That's how we move through this unworthiness is by realizing that our innate worthiness is there to begin with and it is by sharing that innate worthiness that we help everyone expand. Nothing needs to be sacrificed. We live in an abundant universe where we are abundant beings, abundant in our power, abundant in our potential, abundant in our love, and abundant in our divinity. So I hope this resonates. I hope this really helps you move beyond this sacrifice, separation, and unworthiness. Because I can feel it <clears throat> in my heart as I share it. Is my throat chakra. <laughs> Next up here is the broken beings piece. Broken beings from the start coming in broken. And in reality, what I've come to realize is not that we are broken, coming in broken, but we actually come in with layers of trauma that need to be healed. Layers that need to be pulled back to come back to that worthiness, that divinity, that power that I was just speaking about. Karma that has been accrued from lifetimes that needs resolution on top, on top of what needs to be moved through. Right? These layers and this karma is what disconnects us from the truth. It disconnects us from our godliness, our power, our potential. So it's not the fact that we are broken. It's the fact that there is layers of illusion that are stopping us from seeing the truth. Layers of separation, layers of trauma, layers of disconnection. That is what trauma is, right? It's disconnection from self, not the small self, the big self, the God self that is inside of us. This karma another way of saying it, has been accrued from lifetimes, lifetime to lifetime, making us 
feel broken, right? That is where the illusion comes in. But these are just layers again. Like going back to the example that I gave of Atlantis and the witch trials. If we were ostracized and killed and shunned and pushed away and and rejected and abandoned, that now becomes our karma to resolve, that trauma to resolve, that that pain to resolve. So we'll come into a life and we'll feel innately broken because of those past life events. But in reality, those are just pieces of us, aspects of us, layers of us that need to be loved, moved through so we can come back to what our truth is. And our truth is that we are powerful, divine, godly, spiritual beings. Right, and, and unfortunately, this is what also happens, that karma, those layers, that trauma, those shadows, they actually attract the shadows of others. So that's why we keep running into the same pain lifetime to lifetime because we haven't resolved that karma, we haven't resolved that pain, and it keeps attracting in our external world so we can see it internally to resolve it. But you've heard me speak about this before in other contexts. Right? You've heard me speak about this before within the inner child lens, the inner child lens of if you were rejected and abandoned in childhood by your mother and father and that wound is left unhealed, what's going to happen in your adult relationships? You're going to keep attracting partners that are going to abandon and reject you, not because you are an eternal victim, but because the external world is helping you see something internally that's most likely unconscious that needs to be healed. This happens at a lifetime level too, at a different lifetime, multiple lifetimes. So these layers, these layers are the things that, these layers are the aspects that make us feel like we're broken from the start, but we're not broken. We just have accrued karma, accrued aspects, accrued layers that leave us in illusion. So it's about moving through that illusion. How do we move through it? Well, love is one way, <laughs> but many ways, many ways, as you've heard me speak about on other episodes. So I hope that clarifies this here. Let's keep going. So next is the God is keeping score. The fear of death and judgment. So next up here is that God is keeping score. The fear of death and judgment. So this one, as I spoke about at the start, is obviously a big one. And it connects back to the unworthiness, the not being good enough. So again, applying the you've always been good enough, you've always been worthy. There's nothing to prove as you are divine already. And But I want to speak about here to the fear of, you know, the devil and Satan and, and hell. What's helped me move through this is to realize everything on the external is an internal Right? As above, so below. As within, so without. So to say that Satan, the devil, hell, is this outside place that we will be eternally condemned to is in itself a fallacy. I always, I always like to quote the, the beautiful line from the Gulag Archipelago. It's a book. And the book, the quote is, the line between good and evil runs through each human heart. 
And it is really the reality. There is no external Satan. There is no external hell. There is no external devil. All of that is within us. We have the capacity for the greatest good and love and the capacity for the greatest evil. It is our choices that we make, that we step into, that, that determine that. Right. So this Satan and the fear itself around it is an illusion. Right. The hell is a belief. And to make this very clear from a lot of the conversations I've had on this show and experience that I've had, if you believe hell is real, you will see it when you pass over, right? Because your beliefs create your reality. But as soon as you break free of that belief, the hell disappears. And it can come back to the real reality in which you are loved. And maybe based off the choices that you've made, karma will be accrued from that life that you've lived. But there's no judgment on that karma. You just now go into the next life with that karma to resolve, like I just spoke about in the previous point. Right? If you've condemned, if you've committed a lot of acts that leave a lot of uh, death and, and hatred and you know undesirable actions, then you accrue that karma that needs to be resolved by your soul. But there's no judgment on that, but there's, there's just responsibility that you get to step into to balance that. There's no repenting. God is unconditional love. So God says yes to all. That doesn't take responsibility away from your actions that you need to resolve. But what it does say is that you are loved beyond that all the all the bad things you could ever do. But you are here to resolve that karma in the end. You need to take responsibility of that as the soul that you are. So you can this what this now helps us see is that death is a beautiful transformation. Death is is a movement, right? We know this through the quantum perspective. The quantum perspective of energy, which is what we are, energy is neither created or destroyed. It is moving or transforming into something else. So when we die, nothing ends, nothing is final, nothing is 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 comes to a full stop and you are now stuck in one place, i.e. hell. You transform and move and continue onwards, whether that is in the life between lives where you start to look at all the things that you did in that life, whether that's into you know, a higher dimension, whether that's into another life, whether it's into a resting period, there is, there is transformation and movement. Death is a should be seen in my in my opinion as a beautiful celebration for the transformation that it is so this now removes that fear of death that judgment and that god keeping score because god is unconditional love and no score is needed finally here is the inner child elements that i spoke about before around the sexual elements the emotions the sensitivities and I'm going to give some solutions to this. I alluded to it when I spoke about the, the problem, but I'll, I'm going to dive into it now here. Sexual pleasure, sexual expansion, sexual connection within those early years is a core inner child need. So when you're starting to do inner child work as an adult, one of the ways you can start to heal and move through this 
religious trauma around this sexual connection is actually providing the sexual pleasure, the sexual need to that inner child, right? Through self-play, self-exploration, self-acceptance to the sexual act, just this in itself can heal and transform. It's the realization that your sexual nature, your sexual essence, your sexual pleasure, your sexual energy is divinity, is godliness, is your divine energy. It's the same thing. Your sacral center, which is the area of your creation, which is the area of your emotions, which is the area of your pleasure, which is the area of your sensitivities, it's all the same. It falls within that sacral tree that I talk about all the time. So the degree in which you sexually connect to yourself or another is the degree in which you can experience divinity. So it brings us back to God, not pushes us away from it. Your sensitivities within this area, your divine feminine, it allows more of your intuition. It allows more of your spiritual being to express itself. Right? We are not our emotions. We don't need. To, we don't. We do not need to be defined by them. By them. But the extent in which we express them through us and accept them through us and allow them to move through us is the is the extent in which our spiritual being speaks through the physical three D form. So, it is seeing that the degree in which we are sensitive, also is the degree in which we connect to our godliness and our divinity, our divine feminine, through these sensitive emotional sexual pleasurable acts opens us up helps us feel not just more of other people but more of us another tool and tip here is embracing yourself embracing oneself unconditionally embracing oneself with that same nature of god what is the nature of god unconditional love so the degree in which you uh, approach your inner child in this example that is, has been has moved through all of these these belief systems, these religious traumas, the, the, the degree in which you embrace yourself and that inner child with unconditional love is also a pathway back to this divinity, this godliness. And finally here around this inner child healing aspect, it's reminding that the child, the inner child that you are, and this also applies to children that you have. You can apply all these tips that I just have been speaking about to the external child in your life. It's reminding the child that they are enough, that they're worthy, that they're divine to begin with. And this can be done through the sacral, but this can also be done as a full body thing, as a full being thing. It's the constant reminding of either our own inner child or the children that we're helping move through religious trauma that they are enough, that they are worthy and divine from the start. Just this, remind, just this reminder, just this expression, just this acceptance of this can be healing onto itself. All right, we did it. <laughs> that was a lot. And I hope it hit your heart. I hope I was able to go to these deeper aspects and approach this topic, which obviously is triggering and and deep and full of pain with some compassion and with some love. And I hope that you were able to pull back some of those layers and come back to a deeper truth of what reality is in my experience. 
as always, remember to feel these words and feel this frequency today and take some action on it. Try this out, embody this, and see how this expands in your world. Because I never want to make you feel like my word is, is final. Right? These are just my perspectives, my experiences, my feelings from my heart. I want you to embody these and to see if this is all true for you. So take action and see. And let me know. Any extra thoughts, any extra questions, any extra comments, you can leave these in reviews, Apple and Spotify. You can also, if you're a part of the Cosmic Love Antenna Facebook group within the live that I'll do around this topic, come with your questions and I can approach them there and uh, answer them there and uh, share this episode out. Share this episode out with a friend, a family member, a lover that you feel can be supported with this deeper understanding of reality. As always, beautiful souls, I send you so much love, so much light today. I wish you a beautiful evening, morning, and afternoon wherever you are in the world. And until next time here on the show, I'll see you very soon. Bye, everyone. All right, beautiful souls, before I leave you today, I'm excited to share an announcement and a powerful transformation with you. Starting on January 1st, 2023, I'll be launching a one-year coaching program one-on-one with me. So if you're looking to move through inner child wounds, ancestral healing, spiritual gifts, overcoming religious trauma, or anything else you hear me speaking about on this podcast, then this program is for you. This is your opportunity to spend a year in my frequency to help you expand one-on-one straight into your nuanced, specialized, and individual needs. This is for you if you're ready, if you feel committed, if that heart is pulling you to the change that you deserve. If you feel like this is you, please message me the word, the comments, the statement, one year love on my email or on my social channels, and we'll book your free call to feel in and tune in together to see if we're a good fit for this beautiful transformation. Please be aware I'm only bringing on a certain amount of people for this, so if this is you, please take this advantage before I fill up all my spots. I'm excited if this is the pull that you need, and I'm excited to get in touch and honored to take this journey with you. Sending love, sending light, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives 
one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Electric Acid.